Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host as always, Sean DeVries, so thanks so much for tuning in. Now, Principle of Hospitality is here to disrupt the current perceptions of what the hospitality industry can achieve in today's ever-evolving and challenging environment, and that's why we're so proud to partner with Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia in this season of Poe. Our next guest is from Lou's Commercial Catering Equipment and is a wholly Australian-made and owned family business in Sunshine West in Victoria and has been designing and manufacturing cooking equipment for approximately 23 years. The business began when Don Lu, the second eldest of six siblings, built a cooker for a local Buddhist temple in their family garage. Now Lou's employs over 50 people at their purpose-built facility in Melbourne's West and supplies specialised Asian and professional cooking equipment to dealers across Australia, so it's so great to catch up with one of the family members and CEO of Lou's, Al Lou. How are we, Al? Very good. Thank you, Sean. Um, it is fantastic to have you here. And obviously, when we caught up, uh, when we caught up the other week um, down at the facility, um, look, I geek out on that kind of stuff, so that's always a good thing. Um, but I think it's just fantastic to have you on and talk about, you know, an Australian-made product, especially with something like catering equipment. And I know a lot of a lot of cooking equipment, catering equipment, isn't isn't made in this country. So it was really great to see that. Um, let's let's talk about how the business actually started though, because I know it's got a great story. So why don't you share it with us? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. Okay. So um, uh, it was really born out of opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, we the family immigrated um, for overseas in, in 1981. Right. Um, and uh, Don, my brother, yep. um, at the time was about 13 years old. Wow. Um, and went straight into to, to high school. So mm-hmm. as you can imagine, you know, new country, um, not uh, not speaking a word of English. Yep. Um, he found it very challenging. So he went through high school, um, did an engineering degree out of um, uh, high school in, at university, yep. but still found it really challenging to find opportunities for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he got a job, um, you know, tried to find his way through, but... Um, it wasn't until he had a particular job where he was selling spare part components to this industry right. um, that he discovered that uh, an opportunity existed for him to to you know use what he's passionate about, mm-hmm. which is designing and building and manufacturing, mm. um, and and saw that there weren't that many um, options out there with commercial cooking equipment yep. in Australia, yep. um, let alone um, Asian specialised equipment. Yeah, for sure. So he. Uh, I guess he, um, you know, got, went out and got some experienced uh, experience, um, developed his skills in the trade. Mm. Um, you know, he's done a lot of sheet metal work, welding work, yeah. gas work himself. Yes, um, uh, through through his journey. But uh, yeah, as you said, he he's, he built a uh, a stockpot unit. It was um, for for a Buddhist temple. Um, you know, went through the right certification channels um, and just basically did what he had to do to get off the ground. So yeah. Um, from there, you know, everything just sort of grew. He got a uh, he got a a space in Collingwood, actually, right, right in the corner from here in Gipps yeah. Street. Oh yeah, oh. that's right. I remember <laughs> you telling me there that week. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and from a small start, uh, you know, really grew and 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 got more involved. And and I joined personally about uh, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I've you know seen a lot of growth in that time. So yeah, he, he reminds me that I haven't seen the the real rocky times, the turbulent times early yes. on. I've only seen <laughs> the green pastures. Um, that's not completely true. It's, it's we've had a lot of challenges as well. Yeah, a bit. Um, but um, but you know to to what it is today. Yeah, quite a quite a fantastic story. And and I think um, 
to, to where we are positioned now in, in mm. Sunshine West. Um, yep. You know, as a family, we actually landed in you know, Sunshine, Braybrook actually wow. is where we grew up. So to, to have um, a facility um, in our local area where mm. we grew up, um, to draw upon the local community, a lot of our staff live in the, in the, in the, the local area. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's sort of come around real full circle um, to – you know, to support our local community. And it's, it's people's, our, our, our main value as, yes. a, as a business, one of our core values. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think we, to go from purely just, you know, building product, manufacturing products, supply and industry, mm. um, we, we see it as a lot more. We've been able to, to really dive into what our purpose is and what we want to achieve. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, supporting people to, to give an opportunity to people mm-hmm. the same way that Don um, originally found it really challenging to be, you know, the best version of himself. Yeah. Um, that's what the business is about today. Yeah. What? Was it, a, was it a big step? Obviously, it was a big step for you to join the business, but did it take you a long time in your head to decide you wanted to make that move into a family business? Like a lot of people who listen to our podcast are part of family businesses and restaurants, right? And I know that can be extremely rewarding, but also extremely challenging to try and make that decision. Like was, was it a long decision for you to decide you wanted to do that with Don? Um, look, I can I can imagine that uh, everyone arrives at decisions differently, and for mm. mine, it actually was a quite a quick one and, and fairly spontaneous. Um, <laughs> it was always an intention to get into the business. Yeah. So I've got a, a business background, went to uni, yep. um, worked out in the field in, in marketing for a little while. Yep. Sort of always pictured that I'd join after about ten years of of, of professional experience. Yes. Um, it happened after about two and a half. Right. <laughs> um, and and long story short, it was just uh, a personal opportunity that fell through for me. Right. Um, was kind of not sure what to do next because I really had my heart set on this other opportunity. Sure. Um, and, and it just timed in with with Don saying, hey, I think we need you and, and what you can offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I joined as a, as a sales, co- uh, sales coordinator. Um, sales coordinator. Yeah, just wow. just helping out, supporting yep. the sales team, getting yep. things out there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and naturally, I guess with um, with Don's background in, in production and engineering, mm. and myself more of a business background, we've been a really good team mm. over the years, and 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 we're able to steer the business, and and I guess almost see it as um, a little bit competitive in the right way, but uh, you know to have production engineering ahead of sales, but then for for me and my team to sort of develop our customers and our market to be a little bit ahead of production and always playing catch up, you know, just one ahead of the other department mm. um, has enabled us to take, you know, multiple steps forward over time. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I can relate to to a lot of people who might, um, you know, they see their family in a certain business and, and sometimes it feels like it's a, a given or a foregone conclusion that you'd join the business. Yes. Um, I, I I haven't really thought deeply about it whether it was always going to be that way or not, but uh, <laughs> you know I, I did expect it deep down that I'd probably be part You'd of it. You'd probably come, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you did join like fifteen years ago, as a you know doing the sales part, like what did you learn about restaurants, you know, and dealers and and that point because you would have been dealing with those two types of individuals all the time right the dealers that sell the loose product and obviously the restaurants as well once you you know obviously see it inside of restaurants too like Mm. was there anything that was surprising to you after you sort of you know in the nuts and bolts of the business coming into it um look two two things to go not not specific to to restaurants but Mm -hmm. um uh uh, coming from a, a fairly corporate environment i certainly remember 
my first, you know, being used to those sort of meetings, you know, in a large team and very professional um, yes. <laughs> environments um, to walk into a, a board meeting or, or a family meeting with, you know, your brother, your other brother, your sister <laughs> and your sister-in-law right. and, and the way you conduct a meeting. So I think we've come a long yeah. way since then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, that, that really jumped out to me, the difference in environments. Mm. Um, but as a sales coordinator, um, the thing that, um, that I certainly, you know, remember quite vividly is dealing with small businesses. Um, uh, it's like you're dealing with the CEO of every business. So rather than, you know, in, in a previous role, I'm dealing with a, another person in marketing or yep. a brand manager or maybe a sales manager. Yes, here as a sales coordinator, I'm dealing with someone that, that cares about their business. They are the CEO. Yeah, they're the it's owner. A restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, just the, the, the passion that comes through, um, you know, the stakes that are on the line. Mm. Um, I, I definitely remember making that adjustment because I've always, I mean, at, at that point I was 22, 23 years old. And, yeah, right. And sort of, you know, a bit of a, a small fish in, and, and, and in, in a corporate environment, a small fish in a big pond. Of course. Um to, to realise I was dealing with, you know, <laughs> the big fish straight yes. away. Yeah, it, yes. was, it was quite an adjustment there. <laughs> how, do you, how do you think the business has remained so successful for over two decades now? Like, obviously, you've been part of it for, you know, 15 years now. Um, you'd know this really intently. I mean, to have an Australian-made product that's completely fabricated in this country, and I've seen it, you know, a couple of weeks ago before we, when I visited just before lockdown, mm. um, and was just amazed you know, at how uh, professional the environment was, how clean it was. Um, just like we joked about the lesser amount of smoke, like when we're doing, you know, soldering and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it was just so impressive, like the way that you guys go about your business. How, how have you been able to remain so successful? Because there are a lot of humans that make your product for these restaurants. So how have you been able to do that? Yeah, well, thank you for, for saying that. I think um, we don't uh, – I certainly acknowledge that it is, um, uh, you know, a nice facility right now. Mm. Um, things look great from yes. the outside. Um, and they are, mm-hmm. um, don't get me wrong. Um, but we don't necessarily see it that way. So so to answer your question directly, it's mm. um, we, we'd never see it as, as there. We don't yep. think it is exactly as we, we want it. And something out of COVID's really highlighted that. Yeah. Um, um, in, in a nutshell, um, the reason and the way we've been able to stay um, successful and become successful is down to one simple and profoundly brilliant but but simple word is is lean. So lean yeah. methodologies, lean manufacturing. Yep. Um, lean is one of our company values. Interesting. Um, and and uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with with you know, lean manufacturing. Yes. Um, but uh, we're discovering at the moment that it's it's uh, a full culture, a, a lean culture mm. is what's going to drive the business overall. So mm-hmm. um, lean by definition is um, reducing waste, minimising yep. waste and yep. providing maximum value to mm. a customer. Mm-hmm. So I won't say we're perfect at it. Um, I'm personally on a, a very much a, a lean journey at the moment and understanding a lot of the concepts and, and how that can influence the rest of the business. Yes. Um, our leaders are likewise, mm. but lean is so simple, and there's there's plenty of great YouTube videos and, and material online that you can learn all about it. But mm. um, to 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 keep on delivering max value to a customer, yep. you just have to understand all the waste in between, mm. and it's a continuous thing. It's not a it's not a you don't implement it, it's done, and, yeah. and you're lean. It's not a one time project. C- yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, very much a 
uh, it's very much a journey and, and it doesn't end. Um, yeah. So the best manufacturers in the world, I mean, Toyota are mm. basically the pioneers of lean. A lot of Japanese companies uh, all adopt lean methodologies. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and we very much look at those types of businesses and, and try to take some of those concepts and bit by bit implement um, things along the way. Yeah. Now, we, um, we've had that natural journey for quite a long time. Lean's not a new word in the business. Yep. Um, but I will say that we, we got to a certain level of success a few years ago mm-hmm. and, and probably took our foot off the pedal a little bit. Right. Um, the way to stay relevant, and this is true of any, every business, I mean, everyone talks about reinventing yourself or iterating and, you know, when it comes to restaurants, it's refreshing the menu or, yes. or doing something different. Yep. Um, we... Um, we probably lost sight of that a little bit for a couple of years there mm-hmm. um, and just went about our business mm. and um, and then COVID hit and and so we kind of forgot about it for a little bit longer. But, you know, coming out of COVID, I mean, we're not quite out, but, um, but you know, uh, on the back of COVID, um, we did see a spike in our demand for our product. Interesting. Um, and, and I think um, a lot of companies would have seen that. I mean, yep. you know, you get a bit of a boost, uh, things start happening, a mm. lot of pent-up demand, mm. um, and, and that really drained our, our stock and, and some of the products we already had built. Yes. So it highlighted our inability to scale. Mm. Um, we, we've had some production challenges. We've got you know, longer lead times than we ever experienced, and, and they're not bad. We're, yeah. we're probably still pretty good overall, um, but it, again, that mindset of it's not good enough. Mm. You know, we we'd rather have a, a a zero or a couple of day lead time than the the couple of weeks or, or right. more that we're we're currently experiencing. So, um, we've had to we've we've had a lot of meetings recently at an exec team level, mm-hmm. um, to really look at our overall lean journey implementation um, strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to reinvent ourselves again in terms of our manufacturing processes. Interesting. Um, and, and again, I think that's true of every business. You, of you course. probably need to do that and, and mm. never a better time than, than off the back of COVID <laughs> yes. um, with, with the way everything is changing. So yeah. biggest challenges are, you know, uh, lead time and supply chain. Mm-hmm. It's affecting every pocket of the world, every business just about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Australia being such a little island nation so far away from, from everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, it affects us more than, than most. Yeah, and of course. Um, us being an Australian manufacturer, it means that we're controlling a lot more of that supply chain locally. Mm. We're still reliant on some things coming in from overseas, mm. um, but I'm pretty sure not to the extent of our competitors, uh, particularly those competitors that import fully. So yeah, exactly. being Australian made more important than ever. Yes. Um, not purely from a business and supply chain, but I think if you look at the community and, and, and you know the, the sentiment overall of, of Australians, supporting local, supporting Australian made... Um, you know, eating out locally at a small independent, buying independent, all, all that comes down to um, how we feel about being Australian now. It's yeah. a great point. Yeah. If I can take you back sort of 18 months when we talked about supply chain there, like I know we, we spoke about it when we caught up as well. Like are you surprised, humbly surprised, that you that the industry is is buying more of your product and has had this resurgence now like in equipment? Because equipment is not um, like it, it's a proper investment, right? It's not like 
all of a sudden we've we've um, closed the dining room, so we're not ordering as much seafood. And then we open the dining room, we order a lot more seafood. Like mm-hmm. equipment is an investment, is is new spaces. We we got surprised on sort of the uptake on on the advent of um, COVID sort of coming off a bit in Victoria last year. Um, yes, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Um, so we. Um, we we prepared really well and we I think we handled ourselves really well as a business during COVID. So yes. the really early months, um, we we took a lot of the necessary changes, um, you know, halted production for a little while, mm. um, just to manage the unknown. Of so, course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were, we were still carrying quite a lot of stock mm. and we weren't sure when to recommence um, production. Of course. Um, in hindsight, we can recommenced. Uh, uh, at least a few weeks too late, if not, you know, a month or two too late. Right. Um, we we stopped for about six weeks in total. So, yep. um, w- if we had a time again, we would have built. So yes, to to answer the first part, we we're very much caught off guard. Yes. With with what the demand would be. Mm. Um. And um. So, at first, to try and make sense of it, it was the rebound of of you know. Establishments needing equipment, sure. People holding off on on upgrades or, or new builds or, or whatever it is. Mm. Um, we, we're also, um, I guess, we, we we're based in Victoria. We live in Victoria, but uh, we are a national supply company. So, yep. Yep. you know, you have other states like Queensland in particular, WASA, Tassie, yeah. pretty much getting over COVID mm-hmm. uh, quite quickly. Yep. Um, and so that drove a lot of our demand. Interesting. Um, early on, mm-hmm. and then. South Wales and of course Victoria went through what Victoria went through last year um, but yeah we were still caught very much um, uh, with with a lot less stock on the shelves mm. and and production not quite ramping up and scaling up as quickly as we would have liked yeah um, it's uh, even though we um, so we'll supply surprised by the we're surprised by the bounce back from um, the hospitality industry because yep. of the volume and, and what was happening so quickly but the part we weren't quite prepared for was the impact that the supply chain would have on our on our production and our demand too. Yeah, of so, course. Um, it, it was basically doubled down because um, mm. we were selling more organically, yep. but then because a lot of the market and our and the other players in the market um, couldn't quite get their hands on their stock, it meant that we had you know distributors and and other people coming towards our brand. Yeah. And taking up volume that we weren't expecting to, so right. we've had this it's flow on effect. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Literally since uh, November last year, right. um, we've we've had record month after record month mm. in in sales, and and I don't mean to say that in terms of hey, great sales. It, it's truly been surprising, um, but uh, I mean we're incredibly grateful, and it's it's given us a lot of this opportunity, and, and it's forced us to think about what we do to be able to um, sustain and and to keep on growing. Yeah, of course. Um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, kitchen design and, and how you think kitchen's going to change, right? Because obviously, um, and I want you to talk about your range a bit so people understand that a bit too, and what obviously you specialise in um, Asian cooking equipment, yep. but there's a whole lot of other stuff you guys do as well. Like how are you sort of seeing from your distrib- uh, distribution network the comments that you're getting back from them about what people are buying to put into the these kitchens because I think we're like I'd love to hear your thought on this but are we dealing with an environment which is going to be smaller kitchen formats you know a lot more dark kitchens so then a reformation of what a kitchen actually is what pieces of equipment I actually need with inside you know a kitchen environment moving forward like what are your thoughts 
Um, yeah, all, all those points. So, yep. Um, yep, dark kitchens are popping up. Yep. Very much a thing. Um, yep. and, and not straight out dark ones as well, but you've mm-hmm. got um, uh, we've we got certain clients that uh, have a, a, you know, they might be a, a burger joint, yep. basically, mm-hmm. um, and that's the sign on the front and that's what they're known for. Yep. But then in the, in the back of the kitchen, they've also got, uh, you know, deep fryers um, to do Korean fried chicken mm. or a dumpling machine and a steamer to produce, you know, gyoza and, and, and dumplings because mm-hmm. they can have their shop front Yep. But then on, on Uber or Deliveroo or Menulog, they can have, you know, these these other white-label brands and supplied dumplings and, you know, three different concepts, four concepts out of the one kitchen. Yes. And just have different um, revenue streams and yep. different clients. Yep. So um, we're seeing quite a bit of that, that, that um, uh, agility from, from these customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we're, we're looking at what types of products we could use could produce to better serve and, and cater for that type of business model. Interesting. Um, and, and a big push on everything that we produce to uh, be a smaller footprint. Yep. So, um, you know, through our product range, you'll see the words compact and small space um, mm-hmm. quite often. And mm. um, even reducing a, a unit depth by by 20 mil, you know, sometimes 50 or 100 mil, sometimes yes. more. But um, we're looking at how we can make our product smaller Um Rent, land size, you know, urbanization. Sure. Um, everything's getting tighter and more expensive. So, if you can fit, you know, the same amount of equipment in a small footprint, um, you know, that that's rent, rental space, land space is literally money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can save customers money. And, and going back to that thing of providing value to a customer, mm. um, you know, you can have two units that perform exactly the same way. But if, if ours is a small footprint, you know, that's direct value. Um, in, in the way a lot of our, our, our team and, and, and the dialogue we have with customers, we're communicating, um, you know, the, the, the benefits and trying to draw it back to, to a dollar value. So whether it's saving time in cleaning, yep. um, whether it's, it's saving space and, and reducing, you know, your costs of rent um, or, or ability to maximise, um, that's, that's, that's a lot of our conversation. So we, we're always looking at uh, either new product that we can release that's going to um, deliver more value and, and yep. more versatility to customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but a big push actually at the moment is our existing product right. and, and looking at what we can refine yep. um, to, to either be better, to be of a better quality, more reliable or more versatile. Yes. Um, so we've got a lot of that in our ranges. This, this, you know, essentially we're talking gas burners with mm. what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you got, you got, you got a heat source, you either have a tank that's boiling water and creating steam or yes. you have you know, direct heat into a pan or a wok or, or something like that. And, and so you can take a design and, and, and a burner system and apply it to multiple uses. So you know, what, one product we have, for instance, um, you know, can cook noodles and pasta, yep. but then you put a different attachment on it and it's just a steam generator instead and you can so steam. So versatility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so trying to provide those options on the same product mm. um, enables us to to have more uses on our yeah. product. How do you how do you guys work as you as and do product development? Because I imagine because you guys are Australia made, you would be listening to feedback from first of all your end source, which is like the, the chefs and the people who are using the product inside restaurant, but obviously the d- distribution networks like Chef's Hat. Like are you does that allow you to actually change products a lot more quickly or work on product development because you can get that, in a sense, real-time feedback on the products that you guys are making? Mm. Um, 
it, in theory, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we um, <laughs> we we don't release product as quickly as we we'd like. Okay. Um, and I think we've had a big push in recent years about releasing new products, and, and like I said, I think we're going back to a limit of let's refine what we've got before we take on more. Um, it's one of those things that as we've grown and scaled, it's created some. I guess more more problems or issues to, to handle. You, you release new products, you've got you know suddenly another product range or series to have to service and support. Yes, and and whether that's fine tuned or, or perfected, you know it, it can really grow and, and exp- exponentially grow mm-hmm. and, and create um, more of an impost on on your resources internally. So yep. um, back to back to our product design process. Um, we do very much draw on um, our our end users, our chefs. Um, and I think that's one of the, one of the, one of the authentic parts of our business is is you know, having an Asian background and, and mm. being able to speak and relate and understand Asian cuisine. Interesting is how we'd be able to differentiate a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and and add the most value into our Asian products in particular. Yes. So, uh, we've got a decent design team um, mm-hmm. in the business, um, uh, and those engineers, are, you know, I, I tell them often that they're the rock stars. I mean, if, yes. if you're a if you're a car enthusiast if you if you love ferraris and you got to meet the designer of the enzo ferrari mm. you'd, you'd be in heaven and you'd want to talk about every detail and you want to give the designer feedback and, yep. and you'd, you know you'd, you are talking to your rock star so yeah. um chefs are very passionate people you know they, they love the equipment they love the tools that they're working on mm. and and so we try to bridge that gap as much as we can and we do send designers out to restaurants to interact with, with our chefs and awesome um, you know, yes, that, that real-time feedback is, mm. is hugely important to our product uh, design and refinement yep. process. Yeah, so that's where things have become more compact and maybe you've dealt with things having more power or less power and, and those kind of things. That's sort of how it gets to that point. Yeah, it's it's always about yeah optimising. So it's not always about more, more power. We yep. found that in some cases, yeah, reducing power and increasing efficiency is actually the way to go. And, yeah, and okay. Some chefs, um, we have one that literally... <laughs> talked about our, our new wok, which is a, a really high-powered turbo mm-hmm. wok, and, and there's a lot of output. And, and and his, you know, analogy was, well, you know, you, you buy a Ferrari and you got to learn how to drive it. So he never quite he never quite learned how to drive the Ferrari, um, and, and his feedback was, it's too fast, it's it's a bit too strong for me, you know, I don't quite need that, why don't we, we, we down-spec it a little bit? Yeah. And, and that's actually led to a design change for us. Interesting. Yeah. Um, where it, it's strong enough, mm. but it's actually not um, creating excess flame and gas, mm. and now it's actually more efficient and, mm. and, and you know, cheaper to run. You're not, yeah. you're not combusting as much gas and, and wasting it. Because it's a double win, right? Like from an energy saving and from a, you know, um, you're saving yourself money, but also from an output. If you can get the output right, it allows you to do more throughput of product, especially with things like Asian cuisine or into sort of faster premium uh, casual restaurants like throughput during peak times is so so important to make sure you can get as much product as you can out in a shorter minute, uh, shorter period of time. So oh, yep. having really good quality, high end, well made Australian mm-hmm. equipment like yourself, like I can imagine how beneficial that's going to be for any kind of restaurant, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. And and that's what we've done for for so long. Mm. And um, and you know it product development is a quite a long process. Mm. So. Um, to that point, again, when we when we talked about um, our ability to scale and grow and, and what we've done, yes, um, we've we've recently taken on a brand called Zanussi Professional, yes, which is um, it's a hundred year old Italian brand. It's it's been around. It's huge in Europe. It's it's, it's Italy's biggest brand and product, and right. it's been in Australia for for thirty forty years, right. 
um, handled by different companies over the over the journey and and you know um, handled um, to 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 different extents. Whether it, yeah, you know, different passions right. <laughs> 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 or, or business priorities. Yes, so, of course. Um, yeah. So it it kind of fell away a little bit in the last decade, mm. um, but we saw it as a great opportunity for us to take it on because with product development being slow and us, you know, if we if we need to. We need a combi oven to get into certain customers, to grow our business, to grow our customer base. Mm. We need to have a wider range of product. Mm-hmm. Um, and a combi oven would take our engineers, you know, Don leading the charge with with as much experience as he has. Yes. Um, it would take him five plus years to develop, to, to, wow. to have a product. Well, to compete with the other hundred odd combi oven brands around yeah, the world, so successful. Combi ovens are very, yeah, very yeah. detailed, right? Yeah. Yep, and uh, yeah, a um, you know, a high, highly specialized product with a lot of different um, elements to it, um, and to develop from scratch, uh, we could do, mm-hmm. but we'd be waiting a number of years. So yeah, right. Um, our strategy for the first time was to not manufacture something and actually import um, and, and supply that to complement our range. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Zanussi is a brand that uh, you know we've had um, for just over twelve months now, mm-hmm. um, and, and and with COVID, we've we've had to stagger our launch and, and maybe be a little bit patient in in, in its release to market. But mm-hmm. it is out there. Um, it is on the the floors of some of our dealer showrooms. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we were going to be at Fine Food this year in September yep. in Sydney till they got cancelled, uh, yeah. postponed. Yeah. Postponed. So I apologise. Yes. March next March year. Next year. Yep. yep. Um, and then back in Melbourne again in September. So yep, yep. that'll be our first chance to really show the power of what we do in terms of how we support product, how we support customers, mm. and putting that support behind the Zanussi brand, which is what's been lacking for Zanussi for the last um, yeah, five, ten years. Yeah, it's really um, really inventive for a, um, you know, a manufacturer of a product to take on a product like that as well and have it as part of their range. I think that's really inventive of you guys. And, um, I mean, it looks like an incredible product. Um mm. So it's good to have part of your range, right? Yeah, and uh, I think the, the the way we see it too is um, we manufacture products. So when we were entertaining the different options of how to, you know, what what's combi oven to supply or even what – so Zanussi has um, combi ovens, you know, blast chillers. Yes. Um, the gas and electric cooking equipment as well as dishwashers. So mm. from a technical standpoint, we're able to look and assess that um, quite well um, and – Probably more so than some other, uh, you know. If well, sorry, I say we. Uh, yeah. I had nothing to do with it personally. <laughs> um, it, it was it was mainly Don and our technical team. Sure. Um, but if I was to, you know, for argument's sake, go and start a new business and start importing, mm. I'd be looking at it through my eyes and my lens. Of course. Whereas, yes, with the, with the technical team we have, they're able mm. to really pick apart um, quality. Yeah. And and yeah, we we landed with Zanussi, which we're absolutely wrapped with. I think yeah. It'll be, it'll be great uh, the next twelve months. For us, it's it's going to open up a lot of new doors. I've got a couple of questions before I let you go. One is when when I was at the um, and this is a question without notice. When <laughs> I was at the factory with you a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about the tree. Oh yeah, that's in the middle of uh, middle of the showroom, I suppose. Can you talk about the? Can you talk about why that came to be that you have a basically an <laughs> internal tree inside the showroom and office space? In sunshine, because I think that really places importance on why this brand is very different from others in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the background of that tree is we we um, prior to moving to our current facility, mm-hmm. another um, building that we owned um, 
for about seven and a half years. Yep. And when we first moved in there, um, Don planted a couple of Queensland bottle brush trees mm-hmm. out in the front yard, mm-hmm. um, and symbolically they grew with the business. That was, you know, what was that exactly? Um, it would have been somewhere around about 2007, 2008. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's that's about 10 years into business. That's when things really sort of took off as a business. Yeah. So the trees grew with the business. Mm. Uh, we moved into this new facility. Um, we always liked the idea of some sort of garden or greenery internally. We're an industrial area. You know, yes. So we wanted to have a bit of colour and, and, and life. Um, so we always had that as a, as a bit of a plan. I think it might have been a, a fish pond or something at some point. Yeah, right. Um, or in the thinking. But, um, yeah, somewhere along the line we decided to, to to get some advice and see if we could transplant these trees. So uproot them. And, and they're a Queensland bottle brush which have a really um, unique root system, a really mm. big, thick, deep root that goes really <laughs> far into the ground. And yes. so quite bizarre. We, we've got some photos, but um, quite bizarre seeing it um, being uprooted and then – you know, transporter on, on, on some sort of a truck um, two kilometres down the road. Yeah. Getting into these doors, these front doors <laughs> yes. that we have, and they're being planted. <laughs> and even then, with no guarantee of whether they take yeah, and, and actually survive, survive. Yes. and let alone thrive. So yes. what yeah. we, we kind of um, didn't realise is that, uh, particularly in summer, I mean, there's a glass roof in, in that space in, in, our, um, in our front entrance. Mm. Um, and uh, it can get quite humid. So... Um, you know, it's a Queensland native, this this tree, and and actually, it's a perfect Works environment perfect, for yeah. it to go. Yeah, <laughs> so um, I mean, that, that's sort of how it's happened. But um, I guess um, almost by accident, but it really ties into some of our our um, our values and and what we care about. So um, I talked about people being one of our values and lean as well. Yeah, um, thinking long term or sustainability is also one of our values. So. Um, to be an Australian manufacturer, to be around, you know, we have to think this way. And so sustainability is about um, the environment. Mm. So, you know, having this um, – every in the office, every aspect, um, every desk you sit at, you'll either see this garden and this tree or, or natural light and out the window. So wow. there's no areas in the, in, within the, the office area yep. where um, you can't see life, so to speak. Interesting. Um, and – um, something we also did, uh, was it last year or the year before, but we we got um, an 80-kilowatt solar system installed on our roof space. Mm. So, um, you know, nice to be able to say, you know, Australian-made cooking equipment manufactured using sustainable yeah. renewable energy. sustainable energy. Yeah, yeah. renewable energy, yep. So, um, you know, that, that, um, that, that really ties into what we're about. Like, it's not just about business and profits. Yeah. We're, we're focusing on inputs that that lean methodologies it's lean actually at the core it's all about people yeah and you know you get these things right you'll have happy people happy staff people that want to be there people that are engaged and looking for continuous improvement um we're focusing on the inputs and as a result the the outputs and and the profits will take care of themselves and that's Mm. that's been a family philosophy um for for a number of years yeah Mm. I, i suppose the reason i wanted to ask that question is um i think it's a it's symbolic of the point of difference that you guys make from the equipment that you produce. And and when I walk through, like, the factory with you, um, everyone smiled at me <laughs> and pretty much everyone that could said hello. And uh, you find that really – like, that's indicative to me of a really good factory space and, and people that are really enjoying their job. And, and I think that tree symbolises – the as you said, symbolises the value of the brand and I think that goes a lot further than – 
um, a lot of people in your space. So I wanted to make sure I factored on that because I think it's an important thing that I first, it's the first thing I saw when I walked in and I'm like, wow, that's really different. Mm. And, um, and I know these guys really care, like in a weird kind of way. And I'm very much a believer of symbols. So I think it's a really good thing. Interesting. The, um, the, thank you for saying that too. Um, right. the, the, the architect that helped design our building, mm. he, he kind of laughed a lot at the start. <laughs> Everyone always talks about having this space in the middle and some trees yes. here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, so he kind of he go he, he designed it and 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 almost you know did that you want to execute it? No, exactly. <laughs> he says the amount of times it you know it looks great, but when we come yes. to the to the crux of it, yeah, it's about um it's about eighty square meters that we're taking up down there. Mm. Um, no, probably more, about one hundred and sixty actually. Yeah, right. And then that's across two levels because the trees go from the ground level up through, yes. through the, 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 the second, second level. level. So yeah. it's essentially three hundred plus square meters mm. of space, which could mm-hmm. be twenty desks, right? Mm-hmm. And so. That's what the architect was sort of saying. He goes, everyone loves the idea, but by the time you go to execute, people just abandon. Go, oh, no, I can't, I can't spare that space. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what that means um, as far as who we are, but it is what we value. We value the people and, and the environment and the, the conditions that they're going to be. You know, we, we want people to come to, to work every day and, and enjoy it. So, yeah, agree. It's not about cramming in and maximizing every every dollar. Um, again, it's inputs. You know, yeah. create the environment for. For people to to thrive, yeah, um, and uh, and we'll get the results, yeah, afterwards. And mem- remembering why you're there, support the people you've got, and support restaurants, which is an awesome thing. Precisely. Yep. Um, last question to you: Like, wh- what are you looking forward to in the future? Like, obviously, you've had a really challenging, you know, couple of years, and and you're on the upswing of mm. of some uh, some really good um, equipment sales. But yep. what are you guys looking forward to in the next couple of years for the brand? Um, we've 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 for the f- I wouldn't say for the first time, but the first time in recent memory, we've actually got um, a very clear plan on what we want to execute next, right. and and that's having having had a lot of time to reflect post COVID. I keep saying post COVID. Yeah, I know we're still in it, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but re- reflecting recently, um, we we realised that we have to we have to keep on embarking on our journey we've got to go to that next stage again yeah um, yeah we we've gone to where we are today um with what we've we've had um and that's probably not going to be enough for for the next you know five or ten years so we need to stay ahead of the curve so we've got a, a really clear strategy around what the changes we need to make to our production mm. um to our systems and processes so even our it and the way we handle services the way we handle customer management way we handle our presence in dealer showrooms um we we it's not a we we need to support our people our people can do a great job if they have the right tools and 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 you know things behind them so um there's going to be a lot of investment behind that great um and and that's going to go hand in hand with um what results we actually generate as you know from from these activities Mm. so there's some some short-term wins that we'll see um, but um, you know, longer term, we expect that everything we're doing now is, is going to have you know, an impact down the track. Yeah. Outside of purely kind of business and investment in what we're doing, I think one of the more, more rewarding things is, um, particularly in my personal role. So having, you know, I was I was a lot more involved in the sales team uh, up until recently. Yeah. Um, and it's allowed me to focus on more uh, what the business and company values are, and people yes. being one of them. Yeah. Um, one of the most. Um, 
um, rewarding things in recent times is is partnering and supporting with uh, a, a charity called the Big Umbrella. Right. Um, they're they're in Brunswick, so not far from here either. But okay. um, they uh, repurpose food. So we, we were looking for, I guess, a, a charity partner. Um, well, they found us, but it, there was just a great synergy as soon as they mm. they found us, and mm-hmm. we weren't yes, you know, and let's let's do this. But um, something that's aligned to our industry, to hospitality, to food. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that's got a purpose, and, and most all charities do. Yeah. But these guys um, uh, are, are very much about sustainability. So they grab food that would otherwise be wasted. So yep. um, you know, food bank and Oz Harvest, and they go around to convention centres and and exhibitions, and you know, bottles of water or prepackaged sandwiches or yep. things like that. They they collect that a lot of fresh produce. Right. Um, they bring it back to their production kitchen in in Brunswick, and at about three pm. They start cooking, right? Um, and then they take it all to Fed Square by about six pm, and they feed the homeless from from um, wow from Fed Square, right? Um, and um, they uh, so it's about that sustainability once again. It's, it's just about minimising waste and all these synergies with you know what our business philosophies are. Yeah, to be able to channel some of you know what we're able to provide in and support these guys. So. We've um we've you know supplied equipment into the kitchen. They've also got a food truck. We've got you know a few of our pieces in there, and um not only just you know giving them what they need, but uh, getting the engagement of our staff and myself personally to to help out at certain events and serve up food. It's it's really rewarding. So you know I, I can see what's going to happen from a business perspective, but I can also see how finally you know we can impact our community and, and do different things beyond beyond profits. That's really good. I didn't know that. That's really good to hear. I can imagine how rewarding it must be um, for you to like, you know, do those do those little pop up sort of events and and help people who really need it, and also do it on your own equipment, which must feel just extremely it's humbling rather than you know just giving a financial aid or, or something like it's that really to cool. actually provide yeah. more value than that. It's a really sure. cool thing. And they're always looking for people to help out. So Sean, by all means, yeah, yeah we'll uh, make sure we link it up in the in the show notes. It, yeah. yeah. Um, before I let you go, like a lot of people will be listening to this, wondering how they can find out more about you know your equipment. Obviously, Chef's Hat is a is a dealer of your equipment too. Yep. Um, how can they find out about your equipment and get in contact? Um, through our website, it's probably the best channel. Yep. Um, so lose.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have our Zanussi range available there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, dealers like Chef's Hat, and we have mm-hmm. many around around the country. Yep. Um, great dealers that uh, that you know anyone that. Um, will help get your commercial kitchen or your restaurant up up and running. Um, so whether that's uh, showrooms like Chef's Hat um, or fabricators, mm-hmm. um, people that build canopies and do stainless work, yep. um, our products are available for resale through all of those channels. Amazing. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you've really enjoyed this one. As always, please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sending it along. Uh, thanks as well to our supporter, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia, Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. And if you don't know us at Poe, Sash, my co-founder from Principle Design, has one of the best design agencies in Australia, So if you're looking for anything around strategy branding, digital design, wayfinding and graphic design, then find them at principledesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with systems and processes to make your business run even more smoothly. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Chef Sat for supporting us. And until next time, stay safe. Thank you.